You're listening to the Manchester Vineyard Podcast. We'd love for you to join us. To discover more about who we are, where we meet, and how you can connect with us, head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description. Guys, good morning. Uh, very warm welcome to you. I'm, I'm Paul. Um, I just want to say, uh, last night, um, it's a bit of a long story, but Steph and I got stuck at um, Heathrow Airport, and... Um, we got home very late. But you know, there's something in you. Sometimes you just want to get home. I'm like, I just want to go home. Surely there's a way. We tried to get a taxi in. It was 750 quid. And you're like, wow. And uh, anyway, long story, we got home. And I was chatting with somebody about it this morning. And they said, you do know we would have come and got you. And, and they would have. They would have come at any point in the night. They're like, if ever that happens again, we would have come and got you. And um, I want to say that because we just sang this song this morning that says, I'm no longer strangers to your arms. I'm coming home. And I realize some of you are new in this room, but I think it may even happen quite quickly. You may just get a sense of, I want to come home. I want to know what this is about. I want to have a relationship with Jesus. When we got home um, this morning, uh, unbeknown to me, uh, we had very little sleep, but my daughter had opened our bedroom door so that she could have a longer run-up. I was still asleep, and she ran, and she launched herself and I was mid-dream as she landed on me. And uh, it was one of the biggest shocks of my life. Um, but she was just so delighted we were home. And I think I want to say, I'm, I'm so delighted that some of you have an opportunity to explore coming home this morning. I think that song was quite profound. There are significant moments in our lives. There will be days that you will remember in your life, dates, times, places, spaces, and people, some of them incredibly positive, some of them incredibly painful. I've got loads. I remember my first mobile phone. The, the, the younger people won't realize this. It was literally like a suitcase. It was like a, it was like a brick. It was like a rucksack. But I remember some of the teachers that taught me at school, some incredible experiences that made a lasting impression on me. I remember having a medium rare steak in Spain. I think it was in about 2004. I'll never forget it for the rest of my life, the taste. But I remember my first and my only moped that I had. And I remember the day that I fell off it, going round a roundabout, and I just bounced back up because I pretended it didn't happen. I was so embarrassed. I remember my first car was 130 pound. This little three-door um, Ford Holiday. I don't think they even make them anymore. It was a shocker. I remember the first day it broke down because I overfilled it with oil. But, you know, I've, I think we all have these memories. We have these significant moments and these key decisions in our lives. And for some of you, one of those moments is actually potentially today. You found yourself among a load of people meeting in a school hall that called themselves a church, many of whom I hope were quite friendly to you as you walked in, but that might have felt a little bit odd because you've never met them before and it's kind of countercultural for it to be like that. And you'll have made an assessment like once I made many years ago myself and you will have noticed that when just a moment ago everybody stood around facing the front with their eyes closed, some with their hands in the air, some of them crying, kind of singing like this mass karaoke that some people know the words and some people don't, you may be tempted to think, so far everything you've experienced is just a little bit odd. I kind of need to tell you that 
this is not the end of the odd experiences that you're going to face today because in a little while we're going to facilitate a number of people who are voluntarily going to get into the birthing pool that you passed on the way in. And it's going to be filled with like semi-warm water and with their full permission, we're going to push them under the water and they are hopefully going to come back up. They are going to come back up. That's quite an important bit. And then we're going to pray for them. And a load of us will clap and cheer. And then we'll probably come back in here and sing another song. And a load of people will pray for them. And then we'll all go off our separate ways and head off for lunch. And um, if you're new in this room and never been to anything like this before, I can see why some of you might have a couple of questions as to why we might do that. But these are significant moments in life. You are joining in with one of those moments. In a moment, I'm going to share... So a number of people are going to share a snapshot of their story, of why they're going to get baptized. And if I can, I just, before we do that, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge why they would. And I think a couple of things happen when people come to an understanding of Jesus. Firstly, he becomes their savior. And secondly, he becomes their Lord. Firstly, we accept Jesus as our savior. I think we only actually do that when we realize that we need saving because often we just bumble along in life going about our everyday routines and then something catches our attention and we have one of these moments where it's like, hang on, maybe actually there's more to life than this. Maybe there's a bigger picture. Maybe there is a God and not only that, actually he wants to know us and he wants to have a relationship with us and he wants us to come home. Well, the guys getting baptized today have come to that realization. And as a result of that, it's changed everything about their lives. It's changed the whole direction of their lives. It started this journey that's going to change a number of other things because we don't really stop that journey. And this similar thing happens at a time called Pentecost that we read about in the Bible. And Pentecost was basically a moment in time where the Holy Spirit descended onto Jesus' disciples and all of those gathered. And this group of people were gathered in Jerusalem and one of the questions they were kind of asking was what what am I supposed to do now and uh, Peter I think in the Bible gives us this really clear answer and he says this in in Acts chapter 2 it says Peter's words pierced their hearts basically he's telling them about Jesus and it says this Peter's word pierced their hearts and then he said to them and the other apostles brothers what should we do? They're kind of asking this question. It's like, well, we've, we've heard about Jesus, but what should we do about it? Now what? And Peter replies, he goes on, each of you must repent of your sins, turn to God, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Really simply, he's kind of saying two things. Turn your life around and then get baptized in water. And somehow over the passage of time, over many generations, something that was really quite straightforward has often got a bit more complicated. But according to Peter on the day of Pentecost and to Jesus and to Paul and to the apostles, the right response to the gospel, the right response to the goodness of the news of Jesus was repentance and baptism. And repentance just really means turning around. It means just a a change, not only in direction, but it's a change of mindset. 
It means heading towards Jesus rather than away from him. It means agreeing that in every area of our lives, Jesus is in charge and we're not. That Jesus is our ruler and we're not. That Jesus is our Lord and we're not. And repentance is ultimately something that takes place in our hearts and our minds, but it results in changed behavior. And the other part of Peter's response was physical baptism in water. The way we, it was seen, and sometimes I think we kind of miss it today, is that one literally followed the other. You repent and you get baptized. You give your life to Jesus and then you get baptized. One literally followed the other. And baptism is really just a public declaration and a public acknowledgement that we're surrendering the control of our lives to Jesus. We also create space to dedicate children. I mentioned that because a number of you will have younger children and you'll want to consider that. But here's what baptism is about. Baptism is kind of acknowledging the fact that Jesus lived, Jesus died, Jesus was buried, but Jesus rose from the dead. And that's represented in the very act of baptism, which is why when we baptize somebody, we're saying Jesus died for them, Jesus was buried for them, and Jesus rose for them, and they love him. And he loves them. And that's why even in the act of baptism, we're showing Jesus' death and resurrection. Baptism demonstrates that our old way of life can die. That's repentance. It's a complete U-turn. We're freed from being slaves to sin. We're not saying we're about to become perfect people or that we are perfect people or that baptism makes us perfect people. Actually, far from it. We're saying that we want to acknowledge Jesus and our need of him and publicly declare it. It's an outward sign of an inward change. When people get married, they give and they receive rings as a sign of marriage. And in a similar way, baptism is a sign. It's a public confession of what they believe. And in a short while, we're going to baptize some people. They're going to go backwards into the water, symbolically almost saying, I leave behind all of my stuff, all of my thinking that I was right, all of what the Bible calls sin and self-centered living, and I come up washed. I come up in new life. I come up because of the price that Jesus paid for me on the cross, and how symbolic it should be and would be that we'd even do that in a birthing pool to demonstrate and acknowledge new life. In the Bible in Romans 6, it says this, for we died and we were buried with Christ by baptism, and just as Christ was also raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Who Jesus is changes everything. When we choose to put our trust in him and follow him, our lives change. Who we are and how we live starts to become aligned with him. When we decide to follow Jesus, we're brand new people on the inside. The Holy Spirit gives new life. People aren't the same anymore. It's not just been reformed and rehabilitated and re-educated. It's been recreated. New creation is not merely turning a new leaf. It's starting and beginning a new life. And today, the guys getting baptized have come to a moment in their lives where they acknowledge Jesus as that way, as Savior, but also as their Lord. They want to follow him. And we want to celebrate that. A number of you are going to have further questions about that. And I want to say there's a copy of uh, a little red booklet as you leave called Why Jesus. You might want to take that. It's a really helpful explanation of who he is and why we follow him. 
and uh, it's available in multiple different languages equally. There'll be a number of people who will want to chat with you if you'd want to. There's something, I think they mentioned it, it's called Alpha. It's starting uh, on October the 23rd on a Monday night. There's a small group of people who are going to meet together, have a meal together and ask and explore questions about Jesus. For some of you, I think you'll want to understand what it is to come home. For some of you as well, I, I realize you're kind of trying church now in that sense, but there's also something we call try church on the 22nd of October. Sometimes it's helpful to say, I want to step into the thing that I've just explored. I want to know more about it. I want to understand it. And we'd love to invite you to be part of that. Obviously, you're welcome at other times, but you might just find that a helpful moment. But all of us have these significant moments in our lives. For a number of you hearing this and being part of this, will be one of them. I've read their stories already. It's profound what Jesus does to our lives when we encounter him. And to help us understand the, the journey that people have gone on so far, I'm just going to invite some of them to come and share their story. Now, I've got to say, it can be quite overwhelming doing this. Uh, it's probably overwhelming for me, let alone some of these guys who don't do it regularly. So I just want to ask you, give them a really big welcome and realize they're pretty nervous. But why don't we first start with Joel. Why don't you come and join me? Did you get an applause? <laughs> Uh, See I, what you did there. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm Joel. Uh, I'm just going to jump right into it. Um, not the pool. Um, <laughs> since I was a teenager, I felt like I was living a double life. I went to church, youth groups, and the chaplaincy at my high school. On Sundays, at lunchtimes, and to my parents, I was mostly a responsible, nerdy kid. The rest of the time, I struggled with lust. I stole things, I swore a lot, I fought with my sister, and I lied about even more. Almost 10 years ago, I first gave my life to Jesus at a youth festival called Dreaming the Impossible, which I'm repping a t-shirt of. Um, and I didn't immediately defeat all of those things from my double life. I regularly find out that I'm not strong enough to do that on my own. Saying yes to Jesus was not a one and done. I have to do it all the time. God brought me to Manchester in 2019 for university. I immediately joined MV and it felt like home. And since then, I've faced more challenges and moments in my life where I felt like I had no control, battling anxiety and depression. I've known God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit my whole life. But I've needed constant reminders and encouragement from my friends, my small group, and many people in this church. They remind me that I can know God and that he knows me, that Jesus died and rose for me because he loves me and that the Holy Spirit is not a stranger but dwells in me and has given me gifts to use. I grew up in a Christian home and I found myself desensitized to that sentence, but it means so much. I don't know all the things that my parents have done for me. and I, I grew up in Leeds Vineyard and being at Envy has helped me appreciate that more. Through spending time with young families in the church, kids, youth, and students, I get to see more of what God did for me and the part he lets me join in for others. For me now, it's still about saying yes to God. Some are big and outward, like me doing the church's internship last year, 
or recently starting a student small group. Some, but some yeses are less visible, like choosing to believe the truth, that God loves me, that he's bigger than my worries and wants me to give them to him, that he chases me and that I'm worthy of being pursued. Trying to say yes, even when I don't feel like it. Getting baptized today is a yes in front of you all. It's not a declaration that I've got my life sorted. And it's not just saying no to my double life. It's me being willing to die to that life and fully commit to following Jesus. Thank you. Wonderful. Would you please welcome Judah? Christian family and I always went to church. I only really went to play with my friends. I didn't really have another reason to go. But when I went to the first DTI in 2022, I really felt like Jesus was the way for the first time. I started to understand that you didn't have to be perfect to follow him. From that point, I have gradually more and more grown in relationship with Jesus. Then I went to DTI this year and everything just clicked into place. I found the worship really impactful and felt strongly connected to Jesus. Envy really helped me grow with Jesus since that first DTI. It's a great community. Everyone loves Jesus so much. It creates a great environment. I know Jesus better than ever before through the people in our church. I have learned a lot and experienced great things like seeing healings and praying for different people. My family have also been been a significant part in my growth and love for Jesus. I'm getting baptized for a couple of reasons. A while ago, my dad prayed for me and I felt like God had told me to get baptized, but also everything has moved into place with me and Jesus and he brought me to a place where it felt like this was the next right step. I believe that he is my Lord and my friend, my savior, and I want to follow him. I'm not crying. Are you crying? <laughs> um, DTI is amazing. If, if you've not booked and you're a young person, it's cheaper at the minute. If you want to serve on team, they'd love you to be part of it. It's a phenomenal thing. But Lauren, why don't you come and join us? Thanking you. Good morning, guys. <laughs> Oh my God, the nerves. <laughs> so, um, my life be before God was very lonely. I was in a deep depression with not much hope that things would get better. I suffered a loss that affected me greatly. I lost a job that I really liked. I was struggling financially <clears throat> and battling with mental health. So I basically felt like I was at rock bottom with no way of getting better. No way of getting out of the dark hole that was getting bigger. At first, I didn't realize I needed Jesus until my son requested to go to church and I was willing to let him explore his faith. And then I came, cried, and realized that actually I like it here. <laughs> I didn't know exactly what it was that I liked, but I know that I wanted to know more. 
So I attended an Alpha course so I could listen in on questions being asked and have conversations about faith in a safe space. And then I realized that I needed to open my heart to Jesus and ask him to guide me through these tough times. I also used the pantry at 422 and volunteer there sometimes at the stay and play. And there I've met a lot of people that have brought joy into my life and I was seeing God through these people weekly with their willingness to help me and my child and to always have my best interest at heart. These people were strangers that I now consider my lifelong friends. I'm still on my journey of getting to know Jesus better and I've asked him to reveal himself to me while I learn his word. It has been a gradual process, but I know that this is my path and my mind and heart are open. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> Manchester Vineyard is mine and my son Isaac's first church and it has been a wonderful experience joining this church. I've been able to go at my own pace I felt safe in my surroundings and safe to feel vulnerable. Bear with me. <laughs> I have cried so much since coming to church, but I feel able to be the rawest version of myself with no judgment. And since then, I've made friends here at church and in my personal life with people who really support me and want the best for me. And I have an amazing support network, especially with my friend Frankie, wherever you are, girl. <laughs> we are really unlikely friends with two completely different upbringings, but we get along so well. And this friendship has shown me the power of God's love and how he brings people together. Becoming a Christian has changed my life in so many ways. The way I view life with much more potential than I did before. I have more optimism in things that I would have been quick to dismiss or not put any effort into. I feel a sense of calm that I've never felt before, which has helped me with my mental health diagnosis. I've prayed that things would get better, and through prayers from my friends and of my own, I have found the strength to make changes in my life. I have a new job, I'm going back to university, and most importantly, I have loving and stable relationships and a community that I am proud to be part of. Thank you, Jesus. Would you please welcome Frankie? How am I supposed to speak after that? <laughs> okay. Hi, everyone. I'm Frankie. Even though I've been a Christian for quite a while, I've never actually been baptised, and I wanted to take the opportunity today to publicly declare my faith and to give God the credit for all that he's done in my life. My journey to know Jesus was a gradual one. My mum took me to church as a child, but I would say that I was a pretty confused Anglican. I didn't really understand the words or the songs or what we were talking about. Um, but then in secondary school, my friend took me to her church where I was able to meet people my age and I could actually understand what everyone was talking about and why they were so excited about Jesus. I spent a couple of years at that church asking questions and wrestling with things, but with the help of my amazing friends and a wonderful youth leader and some amazing encounters with the Holy Spirit, I was gradually able to understand that Jesus wanted to have a relationship with me and I grew to trust him fully. 
Since then, God has shown me his faithfulness again and again and again. As is often the way, my faith has grown most rapidly during the more challenging scenes of my life. I found that while trusting God in the hard stuff can be the most difficult thing to do, it's where my faith has been strengthened the most. But I've also had so much to celebrate too. I've got stories of where God has shown up and answered prayers and moved powerfully in my life. Knowing him has been my biggest joy. And while knowing Jesus has not made my life easy or perfect, it has provided me with meaning and hope and the most life-giving relationship I'll ever have. I've come to realize that I'm completely dependent on Jesus and all that he's done for me. While I can't literally participate in his sacrificial death that saved me, I want to symbolically share in it. And I want to turn from myself and towards him, probably for the thousandth time. So why am I choosing to get baptized so long after I became a Christian? Well, partly because I haven't yet, and the Bible says you should, but also because um, I felt like it was a special opportunity to get baptized alongside Lauren, who you've just heard from, my wonderful friend who I've had the privilege of watching on her journey towards Jesus. I also wanted this to be something that I did here with my church family at Manchester Vineyard because there are so many amazing people who've consistently shown me God's kindness and love and have been the most amazing champions and friends. I've thought about getting baptised for quite a while and each time I've seen a baptism here at MV and Steph has asked at the end if anyone else wants to get baptised, I've always felt a real longing to say yes. So when I felt a prompting this time round to get baptised, I realised that while God was inviting me to more of him, he was also inviting me to make sure I packed some clothes before I said yes to getting baptised. So, and then what I can only describe is a move of God. My family have somehow been able to make the over five-hour journey to be here, even though I gave them one week's notice. And not one, but two friends were just randomly in Manchester this weekend so they could come as well. So it really feels like the right time. I'm getting baptised because I've realised that my relationship with Jesus is the only place where I ever find true fulfilment, and I just want to know more of him. Thank you. Michaela, why don't you come and join me? Let's welcome Michaela. I'm sorry, I'm very nervous and I will definitely cry. Before I became a Christian, I carried a passive belief in Jesus. (laughs) I knew about him, but my faith was dormant, like a flickering ember waiting to be ignited. My life was marked by confusion and emptiness. 
as I searched for meaning and purpose in all the wrong places. I lacked a deep sense of fulfillment. <laughs> and often felt lost in the chaos of the world. Throughout my life, I had always believed in Jesus, but it was a passive belief. I knew about him, but I didn't have a personal relationship with him. It was during a moment of introspection that I realized I need Jesus actively in my life. I understood that my faith needs to be more than mere knowledge. It needs to be a living, breathing part of my existence. The turning point in my spiritual journey came through catechesis, which I do every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It's like online prayer group with Czech and Slovakian people through Facebook. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. As I delved deeper into the teaching of Christianity and explored the Bible wisdom, I felt a profound transformation within me. I began to see the beauty of God's grace and his plan for my life. <clears throat> it was during a moment of prayer and reflection that I committed my life to Jesus, surrendering my heart and seeking his guidance. Manchester One Yard Church played a pivotal role in my journey of faith. It provides me with, with a welcoming and loving community, which I'm really grateful. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Steph, and thank, thank you, everyone. Um, it, yeah. It provided me with a welcoming and loving community of believers who embraced me as family. The church became a place of refuge and sanctuary where I could worship, learn, and grow in my relationship with God. The lovely people at the church offered support, encouragement, and friendship, making me feel truly at home, and that's really true. Today, my faith in Jesus Christ is, uh, is the cornerstone of my existence. It's no longer passive, but active and vibrant. I have found purpose and meaning in serving God and others through the teaching of Jesus. I have discovered a profound sense of peace, love, and hope that transcends I'm sorry, <laughs> the challenges of life. My relationship with Jesus has transformed me from a lost soul into a vessel of his grace. And I'm eternally grateful for his presence in my life. In him, I have found the light that guides my part and the strength the sustains, that sustains me in trials and the joy that fills my heart. My Christian journey is ongoing, and I eagerly, 
anticipate the adventures that lie ahead as I continue to walk with Jesus, sharing his love and grace with others. And that's why I choose to be baptized. Thank you for your patience. Wes, Wes, why don't you come and join us? Come on. Hi, hi everybody. Uh, my name's Wesley. Uh, I'm nearly 36. And uh, I've got two daughters as well. Um, so I went to a Baptist church as a child, but it, it didn't really mean anything to me at all. Um, and by the time I was a young teenager, I'd, I'd left that. And I'd, I'd go as far as to say that I was an atheist. So what happened after that was uh, I, I, I turned to drugs and alcohol. And that was a massive part of my life for 20 years, pretty much. And it, it came to the point where I, I, I lost everything. I, my family, I lost my business, my children, uh, just my whole life, it was, it was gone. And I basically felt depressed and I was lonely. I was suffering from psychosis, from taking too many drugs. And I, was, I felt ashamed and guilty. I was, I was just in a real mess. And then basically what happened was one day, my granddad, uh, he sent me an email and, the, uh, and, and, he, and he, what it said was, just give me a second. Ah, oh, yeah, here we go. So he sent me an email and it was just his daily reading, which was Psalms 32. And it said, when I, when I refused to confess my sins, my body wasted away and I groaned all day long. And I, I, saw, I read that and I was like, oh, I actually do that uh, all, all the time. So <laughs> it was like, it was the first time that anything had ever spoken to me and like it really made sense. So anyway, I didn't think much of that. And I got on with my day and then the next, it went into the next day and I was, uh, I was sat in my flat and I was as high as a kite in the middle of the night. And I read, um, started reading the Bible, believe it or not. And uh, I came across this verse in Numbers, Numbers 16. And it reads uh, like this. And the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them and their households and all those associated with Korah together with their possessions. They went down alive into the realm of the dead with everything they owned and the earth closed over them and they perished and they were gone from the community. And literally as I read that, the fear of God fell over me instantly and uh, that was it. I've become a Christian. Um, I actually sent a message to all my family saying... Um, it's done. I'm 100% in the club. <laughs> so now that I was a Christian, I could do what, my, what all my family had been praying for for years, and that was go to a Christian rehab. So I booked myself in, but unfortunately it didn't last long. It, it was literally 48 hours and uh, I left. <laughs> and then I did it again, and I, I got seven days the second time. But anyway, at the same sort of time, I started coming to Vineyard and um, I've lost where I am now. Oh, yeah. So I started coming to Vineyard and I uh, started hearing about Jesus and uh, it, was, it was great. 
it was also a very emotional time. I, I found myself at the end of the service crying and crying. And I thought it was just the cello, but it turns out it was the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so, so that was the beginning of my, uh, my emotional healing. And so I wanted to know about getting saved. So one day I just rang my dad and asked him, what do I have to do to, to be saved? And he took me through the sinner's prayer. And, uh, and that was the moment when I let Jesus into my heart. So I was making good process, but uh, change came slowly for me. Um, so I started a new job and it, it just it got too much for me because uh, it, it did and I just ended up going back to my old ways. Um, so I ended up quitting that job and then with the help of God, I, I got this new job at a place called Renewal Northwest, which is a, a Christian charity in Stockport. And when I got there, it was like I, my change just accelerated and I, I became the person who I am today. Um, and I, I went on the Alpha course at that point as well, which, uh, big shout out to Steph for hosting that, because uh, she's a brilliant hostess. <laughs> yeah, um, so, that, so that's my story, really. Um, yeah, that's all I've really got to say. So I'm just going to leave it there. And last, but by no means least, why don't we welcome Liam? So, good morning, everyone. My name's Liam, and I've been coming to MV for a couple of years now. Uh, I grew up in a loosely Roman Catholic family. We never really engaged with church, just the big hits like Easter and Midnight Mass. Um, as a teenager, through to returning home after uni, I wasn't living in a way that would be described as walking with Jesus at all. And I felt like I didn't really have a purpose or any direction for my future. Then I met my lovely wife, Benita, who, <laughs> yes, who had grown up a Christian but was no longer attending church at that time. Um, we chatted about faith, but I was pretty apathetic towards the whole concept. Uh, Benita's sister invited us to church in 2017, and I went along on the promise of a five guys, because it was, it was very close. Um, but I saw people who were fulfilled and happy in community, and I just thought, I want more of this. And we kept going to church, but I was just waiting to be zapped by the Holy Spirit just there and then. And in October 2020, Benita and I moved to Stockport, and within 15 minutes of coming to MV, we knew it had to be our home. And we were in, but I was still waiting for that zap. And I'd started to doubt my worthiness of God's love or thought that God was waiting for me to be a better person before revealing himself to me. But then a friend challenged my thinking. If God's real and loves everyone deeply, who was I to be the exception? It was exactly what I needed to hear, but there was more to be unpicked before I could be totally in. In the months following that revelation, a theme kept emerging, and it was fatherhood, both earthly and godly. And when Benita and I found out in 2022 that we were expecting our first child, I was over the moon. And when we welcomed Harriet into our family, I was blown away by the miracle of childbirth and the feeling of being a dad. However, there was a nagging fear that if I was unable to access the love and lessons that God the Father had for me, I'd be totally unequipped to be a good earthly father, as I had no idea what that even looked like. Um, my parents divorced when I was two, and my father is currently not part of my life. And at best, our relationship had been tense, and at worst, unfortunately, it had been violent. I accepted early on that I would need to crack on without experiencing a father's love. And for almost 30 years, I'd convinced myself that I was fine without it. That was until we were just ready to leave Cause to Live For last year, when Hettel asked me how I was. 
I can't remember a word of my response, but she said she'd get someone to pray for me, and I assumed the position and waited <laughs> once more for the absence of a zap. I was wrong. The guys who prayed over me shared senses of being burdened by responsibility and attempted to do, attempting to do everything in my own strength. And words I'd heard from a seminar the day before came back to me. If God's love is so good, why are you fighting? And I experienced a huge sense of relief. I felt light and unburdened for the first time I could remember. I was sobbing and broken, but in the best way possible. And for the first time in my life, I received a picture from God. I was walking in the woods, utterly lost, stumbling and looking ahead to try to find Jesus, but I just couldn't see him. Then I did the simplest of things, and I turned my head to the side and saw that he'd been next to me the whole time, guiding me through the dark woods with two sets of footprints in the mud. He was walking with me through it all, still stumbling, but together and forwards. And the following morning, Shaham spoke on surrender, and I ate up every word. The timing was spot on, and an immense joy coursed through me as I rushed out of the service into crash to tell Benita and Harriet that I'm fully in and that I'm giving my yes and to thank Benita for dragging me along to church all those years ago. I'm incredibly grateful for this wise and wonderful family we found in MV, and the path ahead for me is now lit, and I just want more and more of the Father's love and kindness, and thank you all so much. Isn't it wonderful? I love how... Jesus transforms lives. What a privilege to be here and to be part of their journeys. In a moment, we're going to baptize them. Once we baptize them, we'll come back in here. We'll sing and song of celebration at the end. These guys will make a, not just along the front, they're going to have to go around the sides. Uh, they'll come around the edges and a number of you who know them, love them, are in small group with them, friends, family, let's pray for them and cheer them on in the days ahead. But uh, it's going to take a little while. Uh, the kids, I think, are going to go first and try and get around the pool, but we're going to have to like make quite a bit of space to, to all be able to see, but we'll see you there in a moment. Let's go. In Alpha, we'd love to invite you to be part of that. There's Tri Church on the 22nd. Uh, many of you will have questions. I want to encourage you to take a Why Jesus if you would like to, but let me just pray over us as, as we close. Father God, I thank you that you transform lives. I thank you that you invite us into relationship with you to become more like you, to live for you and to transform the world around us. And I thank you and I celebrate the stories of that happening around us. Would it be, Lord, that you would bless us, you would keep us, you would turn your face towards us, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us, be on us, and remain with us, and all of our loved ones now and forevermore. Amen. We bless you. Those who have just been baptized, why don't you come along the front and some of the sides? And a number of people in the room would love to come and pray with you, join with you, speak encouragement and the prophetic words over you. That is, therefore, also probably the most formal ending you're going to get this morning. This will be a soft close. So people, come and join these guys. Come and pray for them if you know them, if you friends, family, and small group with them. Thank you for joining us. There's refreshments as you leave. Please don't leave here without saying goodbye to somebody. Say hello to somebody. Say goodbye to somebody. We'd love to know you and invite you into more.
What a wonderful morning. Thank you for being part of it. Thanks for listening. To find out more, head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description.